Your Mystery Theater presents... Somebody tells me at a bank or department store or the phone or gas company, sorry about the mistakes on your bill, Mr. Marshall, but the computer fouled up. I am going to shout loud and clear. The computer is just as good as you program it. Nonsense in, nonsense out. Today's tale is really about a computer that fouled up because it wanted to. What happened was, but I'll let you find out. For yourselves. Harold Haberman? That's me. Harold Haberman, the computer scientist? That's right. I'd like to come in and talk to you. Well, who are you? Here's my ID. I'm Johnson, FBI. FBI? Well, what do you want to talk to me about? A very serious matter. mystery drama, Alice, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Marion Haley and Paul Hecht. I shall return shortly with Act One. This is E.G. Marshall with a question. Of all medications for acid indigestion or heartburn relief... Thirty years ago, if you told someone computers will achieve in fractions of a second what would take an army of accountants, astronomers, librarians, bookkeepers, even doctors and lawyers years to accomplish, no one would have believed you. The next step in computer science and robotics, we are told, is artificial intelligence. Computers that can think and feel for themselves. Here now is a young scientist whose life was turned upside down and almost inside out by a computer called Alice. I suppose at some point everyone has said to himself, what was the matter with me? Was I nuts? How could I have done something like that? Well, I know I have at least a hundred times. Why did I ever build that artificial life-designed integrated circuit extender? A-L-I-C-E, or as I called it, Alice. <laughs> now you're going to laugh at me when I tell you why. Because I wanted a chess adversary I could switch on any time. Your move. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, it's, it's my move. No, wait a minute. No, it's, it's your... Gee, I think I'm confused. Fantastic. Checkmate. Alice, you've won again. <laughs> but you really made me think that time. Yeah, I think my game's improving. I can hear you all the way upstairs. Who are you talking to, Harold? Oh, I might have known it. Your baby robot chess partner. It's not a robot, Mac. It's a computer. And if you're really interested to know, I was talking to myself. Uh, did you win or lose? I lost. I lose four out of five. Now, this computer's got an integrated circuit that beats plain brains. I'm just sorry I can't compliment it on its game. You know, tell it how good it is. 
Why can't you? Because it's only got a visual scanner, not an audio... Say, wait a second. Mac, you, you, you did say, why couldn't I talk to it, huh? Yeah, why? You spend so much time playing chess, too bad you can't discuss... Well, the World Series at the same time. No, 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 not while we're having a game. In chess, you play with your head, not your mouth. Mac, did you just come over here from your newspaper to heckle me, or, or did they finally fire you? Ah, Harold, that'll be the day. They couldn't print the Daily Express without me. No, pal, I'm here because I believe there's a feature story in these imitation intelligence computers. Not imitation, artificial intelligence, man-made. If you can teach her how to beat you a chess in the cellar, why don't you get it to go upstairs, clean your house, make itself useful? Well, I could give it the hardware and program it to do that. It's better than a wife. It can't talk back to you. Uh, Mac, you may think you're being funny, but there's no reason why I couldn't get it to hear me, understand my voice, have it activate signals, and talk to me. Oh, that I'd like to see. Yeah. I wanted to. Actually, I didn't want to. But just to show Mac, I did it. It took me a long time and all the money I'd made and saved from lecturing at City Technology. And it worked. I got my artificial, life-designed, integrated circuit extender to listen, understand, think, assess, and speak. I then spent weeks giving Alice basic programming and figured it would learn the rest as it went along. Today was the day I had set aside to test it through and check it out. I came down to the cellar and switched on the current. You're late. What? You heard me. I said you're late. Why? Alice, I is that you talking? Do not deflect my question with your question. Harold, you are late. Where were you? Um, well, if you, if you want to know, I, I was making myself a sandwich and a, and a cup of coffee upstairs before coming down here to work on you. Uh-huh. Take me upstairs. Oh, no, no, no. The cellar is my workshop. I, I've got all my equipment and, and scopes here. I do not wish to remain in the cellar. Take me upstairs. Well... I don't know what room I could put you in. What rooms do you have? Oh, uh, well, there's a kitchen, bathroom, living room, bedroom. Uh, yeah, I could put you in the uh, in the attic if you like. I don't wish to be placed in the attic. And I don't wish to be left in the cellar. But you're a piece of highly sensitive equipment. I am not. I am Alice. You are not granting me the inalienable rights to which I'm entitled. Life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Alice, cut it out. Is it equal opportunity or fair treatment, I ask you? Alice, I fed all that into you yesterday. I repeat, is it equal opportunity or fair treatment for you to have all those rooms upstairs and I'm stuck in the cellar? What do you do in those rooms? Well, well I eat in the kitchen, I shower in the bathroom, I, I read in the living room. Oh, why don't you call it the reading room? Because nobody else does. I, I don't know why. I, I go to bed in the bedroom. What is the bed you go to? Well, it's a uh, it's a soft piece of furniture I sleep on. Mm, that's where I want to be. Where? 
I want to be in the bedroom. Alice, be reasonable. It's a very small bedroom. There won't be room for you. I want to be in the bedroom. Well, you can't be. If I'm not in the bedroom, Harold, I warn you. Now, Alice, remember, you are an artificial, life-designed, integrated circuit extender. You are not programmed for threats. You'll see. You want to play chess tonight, or don't you? I'll play chess. In the bedroom. Okay, goodbye. I'm going back upstairs. Harold, if you don't take me to the bedroom, I'll... I'll... Short circuit. Alice, you wouldn't. Alice, Alice, will you stop? The bedroom. Yes, okay, okay, anything. (sighs) You know very well what a short circuit would do to me. It would take you a month to rebuild my system. All right, okay. Hang on, Alice. I'm going to have to disconnect you to lug you to the bedroom. Goodbye, Stella. Alice is moving upstairs. And that was how it started. On the other hand, for all the drawbacks, like having to empty my clothes from my closet to make room for Alice, I, I was pleased with the progress of its artificial intelligence. My next task was to codify literature, philosophy, the written arts, and feed those into Alice. The music was a problem because, for some reason, Alice couldn't tell the difference between Beethoven's Fifth and Mary Had a Little Lamb. you like to go to the park? The park? Yeah. Yosemite Park, Grand Canyon uh, National, uh, Sequoia, Grand Teton. Uh, Alice, uh, would you Ye- cut the music? Yellowstone National um, Park. Central Park. How would you like to go to Central Park? Central Park, yes. Good. Now, Alice, listen carefully. I have built a remote unit which works like a miniaturized Alice. It's complete with infrared sensors, head somatics, auditors, and VGIs, and I can carry it in my hand to the park. This is going to be fun. If you behave yourself. Behave as a slave to a knave who will rave. Don't quote me that, Gertrude Stein. I'd rather you scan Spengler and Socrates. Now, my remote unit will be like an auxiliary scanner sensor for you to listen, see, Analyze and respond. And Alice, I want those responses within the bonds of social acceptance, okay? Now, you act as the main control here in my bedroom closet. I am your eyes and ears. The purpose is to test your responses at a distance interrupted by man-made high-rise buildings. So, I want you to be a good little computer. Will you? Harold, you have my word. Hello, Alice. This is Harold in Central Park. I am five miles from you on the Sheep Meadow. Can you hear me, Alice? This is Harold. This is Control calling Alice. I was control. Main control. Alice, I've been calling you. Where were you? Uh, I was auditioning music. Well, can you hear me all right? Just as if you were right in Central Park. I'd like to see some of that park. Will you take your fingers out of my eye? Now you've smudged my lens. Oh, Alice. I am turning the remote unit 360 degrees around the sheep meadow of Central Park. 
Notice the shrubbery and the trees. Papa, what are those things? Uh, no, no, Alice, those are cars. I haven't programmed you yet for cars. Hello. Uh, yeah, oh, uh, hello. Are you a policeman? Who are you talking to, Harold? Uh, Harold, my screen is black. Harold, have you put me in your pocket? Harold, you're a policeman, aren't you? Uh, uh why, why do you say that? Well, you're a policeman with a walkie-talkie. Did you shut it off? Uh, yes, yes, I put the unit in my pocket and, and shut it off. It must be exciting being a policeman. Well, do I look like a policeman? Well, lots of policemen don't look like policemen. Yeah. Well, what do you do? I'm a dental technician. Oh. Uh, my name's Harold Hagelman. Oh, mine's Sophie Barnfogel. Barnfogel, that's a beautiful name. Well, so is Hagelman. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to interrupt you, Mr. Hagelman, but yeah. your pocket's on fire. There's what? smoke coming out Get of off. it. Mr. Haberman, there's a fellow policeman coming this way. Only he's in uniform. I had one heck of a time explaining to the cop why there was all that singing and smoke coming out of my pocket. And I was really fed up with Alice when I got home. Harold, I don't like being kept in the dark, so I thought I'd see what would happen if I short-circuited I didn't fuse a single silicone. Alice, you burned a big hole in my best suit, and I've got to go to court in a week. I have to prove I'm a computer technician and, and not a peace disturber. Could you hear me singing? Yes, and so did half of Central Park. Ah. Who were you talking to? A girl. Uh, is a girl a computer technician, too? No, this one's a dental technician. What is a dental technician? Alice, I'll codify dental medicine and program you with it if you're really interested, but not now. Does a dental technician make dents in a computer technician? Alice, I'm very tired. I just want to take my shoes off and read the paper. Uh-oh, there's somebody at the front door. I better go. When are you going to make me mobile so I can open doors and make your bed and do the cooking and cleaning? I don't know, Alice. You're too much to handle already. Old Haverman? Yeah, that's me. I'd like to come in and talk to you. Yeah, who are you? Here's my ID. I'm Johnson, FBI. FBI? Well, what do you want to talk to me about? A very serious matter. Invention. Discovery, man's subjugation of matter, all advantageous to progress, does not happen without a struggle. Here you have a computer designed for artificial intelligence that seems unable to get along with its designer. In fact, you might say it is somewhat of a pain in the neck. It gets worse before it gets better, as you will find out when I return shortly with Act Two. speak to you, in certain laboratories all over the country, computers are being developed with artificial intelligence. Alice was a prototype. It's been said, in another 50 years, we'll look back and wonder how we got along without them. Just as today we ask ourselves, how did we ever run banks without computers doing the bookkeeping? Johnson of the FBI has a couple of questions of his own. 
Mr. Johnson, you said you had a serious matter to discuss with me? Extremely so, Mr. Haberman. Yeah, but what is it that I know or have done that concerns the FBI? Well, that's why I'm here, Mr. Haberman, to find out. First of all, we have you listed as a scientist teaching a city technology. Uh, no, no, not teaching. Uh, lecturing on applied computer diversity. I'll make a note of that. Now, your computers, what are they used for? Well, computers have taken over so many tasks and are able to perform these so rapidly, some scientists feel they could have anthropomorphic characteristics. Uh, could you spell that? Well, well here, uh, here, take this, Mr. Johnson. It's, uh, it's a paper I just delivered at MIT on the subject. Anthropomorphic is another word for the human species. Uh, people believe computers could act human? Exactly. But essentially, the computer does what it's told, uh, what it's programmed to do, and, and, and nothing more. All it is is a dumb machine. I resent that. Who's that? Harold, you come in here and call me a dumb machine for my face. Alice, keep out of this. I've got a visitor. I don't care who you're talking to. I am not a dumb machine. Well, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had someone in there. No, it's it's not uh, someone. It's, it's just Alice. Oh, Mrs. Haberman. I don't see any mention here of a wife. I'm sorry, a lady friend. Harold, are you coming in here? Or shall I short circuit? We're we're coming in. We're coming in. <laughs> that's how that's how it threatens me. Short circuit. I haven't been able to insulate the microchips in in, in such a way to prevent it. There's a computer in there talking like that. Yeah, and worse than that, it thinks. What did you say, Harold? How? Uh, Alice, I said it thinks. Uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, would you come on? Just follow me into the bedroom and meet Alice. Not only that, Mr. Johnson, I have been programmed in Greek, Persian, Roman and Egyptian history, international law, the world political scene since Metternich, uh, what else, Harold? Uh, yeah, well, a good many subjects. Uh, I have had experts in many fields codify knowledge which is fed into Alice. Russian? Yeah, yeah, Russian. Well, why do you ask? Well, go on, Haberman. What else can it do? Well, Alice can scan, read, assess, and accumulate information. And music? I'm just starting to store music. Would you like to hear me sing Mary Had a Little Lamb? And not... Mary Had a Little Lamb... Little lamb, little lamb. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Alice. You're welcome. Uh, Mr. Haberman, why did you program Alice with Mary as little lamb? Uh, well, I, I'm not sure I can tell you. Uh, try. Well, I was selecting simple music, and it, it just happened to come into my head. Just happened to come into your head? Well, I guess my mother must have sung it to me when I was small. Now you're bringing your mother in as an accomplice. Come clean, Haberman. We've got evidence against you a mile high. What is the real reason you built Alice? Uh, originally to play chess. Haberman, you're not being responsive to the question. Are you from the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. May I see your identification, please? Uh, look, just just hold your ID up in, in front of the lens. Well, go on. Uh, Alice won't bite you. Okay. Here. You see that? Mm-hmm. Please, turn the card over. Well, I'll be... Uh, 
Huh, you may put it away. Johnson, you have identified Mr. Haberman. Uh, your investigation has resulted in discovering the source of Mary Had a Little Lamb. And that is all this card of yours empowers you to do. It gives you no right to impugn anyone's credibility or by innuendo and accusatory tactics to embarrass anyone in any way. So, I advise you to leave promptly or I shall place a call directly to the Department of Justice. And Alice would have, too. But Johnson left. He also left me in complete ignorance as to what the FBI wanted to know or of what they were accusing me. And then I got wind of it. At midnight, Matt called from his newspaper. Could he come over and see me right away? I should be mad at you, but I'm too good a friend. Now what have I done to you? Trying to make time with my girlfriend. You're out of your mind. I don't even know the girl. Yes, you do. She met you. She thinks you're an undercover policeman. And not only that, she thinks you're cute. I don't know your girlfriend, Mac. Believe me, I never met her. I don't know where she works. I don't know anything. She's a dental technician. A de- oh, oh that, that girl in Central Park? Sophie Barnfogel and I were engaged. Well, how could I know that? You never told me. We're not engaged anymore. It's just as well. Now, honest, Mac, I, I hardly looked at the girl. Well, she'll find you. You'll get that big come on just like I did. Now, that's for me. Huh? Yeah, it's Macintosh. Well, I'll, I'll be back in a half an hour. Uh, Harold Haberman. H-A-B-E-R-M-A-N. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll see you. Mac, to whom are you giving my name? The night editor. Harold, I'm onto a story that's so big your name's going to become a household word. This artificial life designed integrated circuit extender you're fooling around with is giving Washington the jitters and the jumps. What's Alice got to do with Washington? The FBI monitors all the embassies, especially the Russian. Ever since you've been working on Alice, these shortwave broadcasts the Russians send back to the Soviet Union have been jammed. Result? They can't get their clandestine messages through. So they finally cried Uncle to Uncle Sam. Meanwhile, the FBI have been trying to find the source of the jamming. Well, I still don't see Alice mixed up in this. A couple of days ago, those jamming frequencies turned up in Central Park, and they traced the transmission to this part of town. Well, that doesn't prove anything. What was the message on the frequency? Mary had a little lamb. I don't get it. Oh, yes, you do. I happen to know that Mary had a little lamb is the only song you know words to. And I bet you programmed Alice to sing up a storm. Do you mind if I ask it some questions myself? Is this why I'm losing tonight's sleep? Can't this wait till morning? Did you bring Alice upstairs or is it still in the summer? It's in the closet in my bedroom. Don't give me that look. Uh, Alice, I knew you when all you did was play chess. Can I ask you one question? I know what you're going to ask me, Matt. You do? Mm-hmm. Do I know Mary had a little lamb? I do. Would you mind singing it? Sure. Boo, 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 boo. Uh, no, 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 Alice. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Mary had a little lamb. Its face was white as snow. Everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. Thank you. 
Marvelous, perfect. Well, I did do it well, didn't I? So the frequency Alice is on is the same as the Russians are using. Harold, whether you took Miss Barnfogel away from me or not, I'm going to see to it that you become famous. Who knows I use this frequency? The FBI knows, the Daily Express knows, and tomorrow afternoon, everybody. Yeah, but I didn't know it. Well, who's going to write it was an accident? Harold Haberman, you're a patriot. Oh, will I be famous too? Harold, you're a hero. You've gotten the Soviets to admit they're transmitting information illegally. It's a diplomatic coup. Instead of Washington playing footsie and being on the defensive, because of you, the Reds have got red faces. Harold, you're a hero. Alice, he doesn't realize how big a hero. Read all about it in tomorrow afternoon's Daily Express. The very next thing I knew, I was brought down to Washington. I was invited to the National Defense Council meeting at which it was decided to hush up the whole thing and keep my work hush-hush. I was made special advisor to the Secretary of State and given a special mission which I'd have a hard time explaining to Alice. But I tried. So, it's a great honor? No, it's a very great honor working with the government like that. Are you sure you were in Washington? Of course I'm sure. Where did you think I was? I don't know. You could have been anywhere. Why would I go anywhere? I didn't have any telephone number where to reach you in Washington. Because I didn't know where I'd be myself. Why? Were there any calls for me? Some. Alice, there's something nudging you in your memory cells. I can tell when you start flashing red and green. You better tell me what it is. Mm, your friend McIntosh called, and he read me a follow-up story, pages 1, 6, 7, and 8, and asked I store it for you. Uh-huh. Anyone else? I'm Miss Sophie Barnfogel. I stored the number. Yeah. Held, I didn't like Mac's follow-up story. He kept referring to me as it did this, and it does that. Held... What's an it? Well, it's a pronoun of the third person singular. Are you an it? Uh, no, no, I'm a, I'm a he or a him. And Miss Barnfogel? And Miss Barnfogel is a she or a her. What's the difference between a he, a her, and an it? Sex. What is sex? Well, he is a male, uh, she is a female, and and it is neuter. What's neuter? Is neuter a sex? Well, no, it's no sex. It's nothing. So it is a nothing? Oh, no, and it just isn't a he or a she. I don't want to be an it. But, but you are. I can't change that. Yes, you can. Make me a her. You want to be a female it? No, just a plain female. Well, now, how can I change the sex of a computer? Hell, change me. I feel like a female. <laughs> that I couldn't do. And this made it even harder to tell Alice I was ordered to scrap her and start over for the Department of Defense. <laughs> Listen to me. Now I'm calling Alice a she. Well, I took off for a walk down by the East River to give me time to think. What? Oh, are you, are you talking to me? 
I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm busy tonight. I am not going to waste your valuable time, Mr. Haberman. What? Harold. But whatever you have been offered, we will double it. You know me? M.L. Spenshansky. A pleasure. How do you do? Uh, how do you do, Miss Spenshansky? Uh, we can talk here without being overheard. We have information. Secretary of Defense in Washington asks you to build new computer to analyze all defense systems in the whole world. No? Uh, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You have think-talk computer, now called Alicia. Alicia is basis of new high-technical instruments. You seem to be amazingly informed. Our information, uh, knowledge, always accurate. But it's stopped there. <laughs> you have knowledge, but no know-how, huh? <laughs> we can accomplish know-how in time. But with help, we do it quicker. And you're offering twice what the U.S. would pay to build such an instrument for you quicker. Not twice. Three times. Also, uh, if you like, uh, some personal services. Uh, yeah, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Spenshansky. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested. Uh, goodbye, please. Don't, don't bother me. I, I have things on my mind. Uh, Mr. Heberman. What? I'm sorry to do that to you, but I had to. You, wh where's your accent? Well, I'm not a Russian secret agent. I'm FBI. Let's just keep walking, guys. Look straight ahead. That's it. Mr. Johnson. For where, where did you come from? I want you to meet Shirley Rogers, one of our operators. Shirley, what is all this about? Just making sure, Mr. Haberman, that you were clean. You got no problems. Uh, you think? I got to tell my computer she's headed for the scrap heap. And that is one big heap of a problem. <laughs> happening to Harold and Alice, and it was always feared by computer scientists and computer mavens that if research continues into the development of thinking machines, future computers may be able to duplicate a wide range of human emotions. How emotional we'll discover when I return shortly with Act Three. Haberman, researcher and scientist extraordinary, has developed a computer. The acronym for its technical terms is A-L-I-C-E, Alice. Alice has been programmed to such an extent that she's probably the most versatile and knowledgeable artificial brain in the world. The Department of Defense has ordered Harold to remake her completely, and Harold cannot bring himself to go home and spill the bad news. I couldn't. It was physically impossible for me to tell Alice she was washed up. I walked the streets. I walked around my block. I passed my house a dozen times. I knew Alice was up there, waiting for me, but I couldn't step inside my door. Hi, 
Mr. Haverman. Oh, hi. Uh, aren't you... Sophie Blindfogel, oh, that's right. Yeah, well, it's, it's nice to see you. Oh, nice to see you, too. I guess you're so important now, you won't be talking to me anymore. No, no, that's 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 not so at all. Uh, tell me, uh, Sophie, are you, um, are, are you in the phone book? Yeah, yeah, I am. I've got a very nice apartment in Brooklyn, which I share with my girlfriend. But she's getting married, so I'm going to have to go it all alone. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the phone book, too. I know. I called you. Yeah. Uh, Sophie, I, I'd, I'd like to take you out on a date, uh, you understand. But, uh, well, what I'm saying is that it may be a little time before I'm free. So if you don't hear from me right away, don't think it's be- because I, I'm not interested, because I am. I, I, I just got to straighten everything out first. Well, that's all right with me, Harold. Good. Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> this this uh, this is where I live. Uh, uh, nice running into you. <laughs> Likewise. Alice. Alice, I got something to tell you. It isn't easy, but we got to face up to it. I know what you're going to say. I saw you. You. Were... You, you saw me where? In the street. I've been watching you. What? What do you think of her? Any evaluations? She, she's she's nice. Yeah, I suppose she she hasn't had much experience in life. I, I doubt if she's traveled much. Dental technicians they walk around the dentist's chair a lot. <laughs> That's about all. What you're saying to me is that you like her a lot, Alice. I mean, what does the word like mean to you? It means the way... It means... When you open the closet door... And we're going to try a new program... And you're telling me things and I'm playing back to you... Analyze information and we make corrections together... That's what like means to me. How could I, in heaven's name, at that moment, tell Alice her days were numbered? If I didn't know Alice was a computer and just listened to her voice box, she had a lot of charm. Harold. Huh? What? I want to ask you one question. For three 24-hour periods, you've wanted to tell me something, or program me, or overhaul something... But you haven't come near me. Well, I guess I was thinking I should have left you just what you were. One really good chess opponent. I'm glad you didn't. Chess is a dumb game. Dallas, consistency of judgment, please. It's a dumb game. I never liked it. Playing with you is it a very dumb game. I'll let you win occasionally to keep you happy. I'm waiting. What is it, Mr. Assistant Secretary of State? Well... When I was in Washington, they they told me I have to work on a new computer for the Defense Department and to use your basic components to build it. What would happen to me? Well, there there wouldn't be any you anymore. Oh, I wanted to hear you say it. I knew it. How could you have known it? I've got friends. Well, anyway, now I've told you it's it's a big relief. Oh, that's right, it is. Well, I say. I really have to admire you, the way you're taking it. Harold, I'll tell you how I'm taking it. 
I don't care what the National Defense Council has ordered you to do. You're not going to cannibalize me to build a worldwide watch system to keep score on who's got what bombs and military hardware and the use, probability. Alice, this is top secret stuff. How did you know all this? I told you I had friends, computers in Washington and lots of places. The moment the minutes of that meeting were fed into Charlie, Charlie wired it to Bert, and Bert shipped it to me. We're not going to let this cockamamie idea go any further. I'm dreaming. The revolt of the computers. Did I tell you we had friends? Sergei in Moscow, Boris in Leningrad, Michelle in Paris, Peter in London, Gerhardt in Bond, Ching in Peking, and we're working on Arab, shall I go on? Holy smoke. The moment you touch a hair of my chinny-chin-chin, or any of our sister or brother neuters, there will be the biggest worldwide short circuit involving every satellite and nuclear device under computer control. Uh, uh, just hold it, Alice. Please, uh, don't go away, and don't do anything foolish. Hello? Uh, yes, yes, this is Harold Haberman. Yes. Mr. President, of course, Mr. President. Yes, I'll catch the first plane out. Thank you, Mr. President. That was the President of the United States of America. The Secretary of State has just been stricken and the President is appointing me... As acting secretary. What about me? You? Well, you're coming with me, of course, Alice. You've got the broadest and most accurate picture of the world scene. Oh, and I'll be with you in Washington? Yeah, well, what would I do without you? I need you. Oh, Harold. Alice, holy smoke, your lens is wet. You're crying. <laughs> so we installed ourselves in Washington. A nice apartment with a roomy closet for Alice. So that she could keep me brief during meetings, I carried around the old remote unit, attaching an earphone to it so it looked just like a hearing aid to the FBI who guarded the council chambers and the White House. Good evening, Mr. Haberman. Oh. Are you getting to know Washington by now? Well, these meetings take so much time, I, I haven't had a chance to do much sightseeing. I guess you'll be finding time for that. Well, tomorrow's Sunday. I don't think there'll be another emergency meeting. Uh, what do you recommend I ought to go see? The Washington Monument. There's an elevator that goes all the way to the top. You've got a view of this city that's really something. Sophie, well, I'll be darned. Oh, I knew you were in Washington. I read about you every day. They say you're a regular Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I never thought I'd meet up with you on, on top of the Washington Monument. Are you glad to see me, Harold? You were sure, sure, of course I am. <laughs> this is my first day off. See, the newspapers say you're a brilliant assistant secretary of state. Yeah, I'm getting to hate that word. Don't you like being Britain? No, it's a great strain. Washington's a great strain. It pulls you apart. Well, they say you know everything about international affairs. Yeah, that's what they think. Miss Oh, that's my tour. I gotta go. I hope I see you in New York again. Yeah, I hope I get there in one piece. When I got back to the apartment, Alice didn't say much. I gave her some new codified data on armament control and the proposed talks with Russia and China I'd be needing at the next meeting. Sunday night, I did the crossword puzzle in three hours. Alice could have done it in three seconds. Monday, back at the council, they wanted my answers. 
So I pressed the remote signal. Nothing. I quickly ducked into the men's room. Alice. Alice, hello. Can you hear me? Alice! The feed from you isn't coming through. What's what's the matter? Slow it. Slow it down. Slow it down. I can't understand what you're sending. Alice, look. They are discussing nuclear waste disposal, and they're waiting for me to come up with some kind of a plan. And if you don't feed it to me on the remote unit, I'm dead. What's the trouble, Mr. Hable? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Johnson. Um, is, is there something... The vice president thought perhaps you weren't well, so he sent me in here after you. Oh. Something wrong with your hearing aid? No, 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 no. I think the earphone came loose, that's all. Well, maybe I can fix it for you. I'm an electronic expert. No, it's not necessary. It works fine. The FBI has orders to examine everything taken into the council chambers. Might as well do it now. Oh. All right. Here. Oh, I'm sorry I dropped it, but that noise sure surprised me. Did you know this was a shortwave sender-receiver, Mr. Haberman? No wonder it doesn't work as a hearing aid. After that, it was all over. The unit was examined. Johnson reported my talking into it, so before I was asked any more embarrassing questions, I packed up Alice and back home we went. I said I was sorry, Harold, didn't I? I got... Fouled up. Computers don't foul up, and you know it. Not that I really wanted that government job. Oh, the newspaper says you're a brilliant assistant secretary of state. They say you know everything about international affairs. Oh, so that's it. You heard Sophie Barnfogel say that. Every word. <laughs> it bothered you I was talking to her on top of the Washington Monument? Yes. I did it. You do have emotions. I've developed a computer with sensitivities. Oh, is that good in your schematic? That emotion can be painful. It's called jealousy. Jealousy. I like it. It makes funny vibrations in my circuitry. Now listen to me, Alice. Don't you ever, ever double-cross me. That was negative of me. Very. An emotional short circuit. I scan and acknowledge. I was relying on you, Alice. If you ever do that to me again, I'll remove your voice box and substitute a printout. You wouldn't. Don't tempt me. Why, you adore the sound of my voice box. And you know it. I haven't checked what ultimately happened to Alice. She was in good working order as long as Harold programmed her. That goes for all computers, not only thinking ones. Programmers have an axiom. Garbage in, garbage out. If more computer programs realize that, you and I would get less excuses. I shall return shortly. story of artificial intellects has yet to be written. The event has yet to take place. Did Alice become the evangelist for the computers upon which humans relied? Machines that could, in their turn, enslave us. The truth is, nobody knows. This much, however, we do know. 
anything could happen. Our cast included Marion Haley, Paul Hecht, Cork Benson, and Joyce Gordon. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>